you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. We've got to get past week-to-week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure. That is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. If you've got victory tonight. Come on, put those hands together if you're on the winning side tonight. Sister Finney, I know that times are hard, but we still got the victory tonight. You might be going through circumstances and trials and tribulations, but greater is he that... Come on, somebody's got the victory in this house. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Look at someone and tell them I'm on the winning side. I'm I'm on the winning side. Look at someone else and let them know I've got victory in this house. Thank you, Lord. It's such an honor to be here with my home church. My dad on Sunday said, uh, we have a guest coming to preach the word, and I was just excited as y'all were. And I found out it was me, and I wasn't so excited anymore. (laughs) I told my wife just a few moments ago, I would not consider myself a highly educated man. Uh, I don't have all of the answers in the world. If I did, maybe I'd run for president. But I told my wife, I said, babe, I might not know a lot, but there is one thing that I am very confident in. The one thing that I am confident in is I know the voice of God. Okay? I don't say that in a haughty way. I don't say that in a prideful way. But I do know the voice of God. And when my dad asked me that to preach, it was on Sunday. And when he asked me that to preach, I laid down in my bed and I shut my eyes. And the Lord woke me up and he told me, I have a word for my people on Wednesday. And all night I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled. And I have a chest cold right now. I don't have a lot of energy in me. But I've heard God's voice. And if we will just open ourselves up to him, he could do a work in this place. I know it's a Wednesday. Everyone is worn out and all of that. And I have a short message. Someone say, praise God. That's the biggest amen I'm going to get this whole night. 
I have a short message, but if you would just open yourself up and let God do what he does best. Lives are going to be changed in this place tonight. I wonder, would you just lift your hands right where you are? And I want you just to surrender your heart to God right now. Lord, your word can do far more than my voice could ever do. God, we surrender this service to you right now. I pray in the name of Jesus that lives would be changed, that somebody would be healed, that somebody would leave this place feeling like nothing But when they walked in. But when they leave, I pray that they would be encouraged in the Holy Ghost to do something great for you. Open our minds to knowledge, our hearts to receive, and our ears to hear. And we give you praise and we give you glory. In Jesus' name. If you have your holy word tonight, Matthew, the fourth chapter, and verses number 18 through 20, I give honor to my pastor, my dad. He is, uh, man, he brought a word to the church on Sunday, did he not? What a word from the Lord. What a word from the Lord. I give him such honor tonight. I wish uh, I wish he was here. Matthew chapter 4 and verse 18 through 20. Before I read this, let me say this. God has a unique calling on each and every one of your lives tonight. I mean from the children to the youth, to the middle-aged, and even unto the elders. Your time is not done. God's not finished with you. But God has more for you than you could ever imagine if you would just say yes to Him. Many are called, but few are chosen. What separates the called from the chosen? Their answer to His call. That's what separates those who are called and those who are chosen by God, is their willingness to say yes to Him. And if we would learn to just say yes and to follow the leading of the Spirit, you would change this world. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus walking by the Sea of Galilee saw two men, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. Look at someone and say, that means they like to fish. And he, being Jesus, saith unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And straight away, they left their nets and followed him. 
And straight away, they left their nets and followed him. They gave up fishing for a whole new kind of fishing. They became fishers of men. If you will help me this evening, I will go a short while on this subject. I am made for more. I am made for more. Lift your hands one more time. Invite the Lord to challenge you to open you up to his word right now. Somebody is going to realize tonight that they were created for more. Somebody's going to realize that they were chosen for such a time as this to be greater than they ever imagined. God, open us up tonight to your word. Loose my tongue to speak in the Holy Ghost. Have your way, O oh God. Let a life be changed. I surrender this service to you, God. Let it be done in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Look at someone and just say, you are meant for more before you're seated. You are meant for more. When we begin to look at the 12 chosen men who were chosen by Jesus for their life to be recorded in the Word of God, we see men from every walk of life. We see men from every socioeconomic life. We look at a young man, a tax collector. Matthew is his name. He was a wealthier man before that he was chosen by God. He had all of the money that he could have asked for, yet he was chosen to follow Jesus and he wrote the first book of the New Testament. We can also look at someone uh, such as Paul, who was an extremely wise man. He, he had a lot of wisdom. He had a lot of training, and, and he was chosen after Jesus left the earth. He was chosen by God to change his world, and he wrote the majority of the New Testament. Somebody say amen. And then we have men, just like what we read about in this text that we just read. We have men such as Simon called Peter. And we have men such as 
Andrew, who were both simply fishermen. Now, I can't speak for everybody. I love fishing. If I could have a job being a full-time bass angler, I would leave my gutter job in the past and go do what I like to do. Brother Ethan, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You're making good money in that union, but if you could ever make a living fishing, Brother Jeremy and all those union guys would have to look for somebody else. But in the word that I'm reading, you have to realize the, the year, the era that we are reading out of. You see, a job of a fisherman was a job for certain ones that we would call lower class. It was a job that, that we would call for the uneducated. Yet, just like God chose wealthy men and God chose wise men, God calls a man like Simon Peter to be the one who gives the first message of the church that we are now in. And then God calls a man like Andrew. We don't hear a lot about Andrew in the word. Everyone knows who Matthew is. Peter is, Paul is, John the Beloved is, but we don't really hear of someone named Andrew a lot. But did you know Andrew was chosen by God to travel the world and to take the Jesus name gospel to uncharted areas. I am thankful this evening that God does not see wealth, that God does not see knowledge, but just like God can choose a wise man, he can choose a wretched man like me. And Believe it or not, you don't have all the wisdom in the world. You don't have all the money in the world. The fact that God chose someone like you is a high honor because we don't deserve it tonight. Yet he looked at us on the... It didn't... No matter where you come from in your walk of life, no matter who you are, no matter what you have done before you lived for Jesus, he can still call you to make a difference. There are no socioeconomic classes in the kingdom of God. God chose Simon Peter to be more than just 
a fisherman. To any of the apostles, God required one thing out of them. One thing. Everyone God called heard the same message. Give up everything that you have and follow me. That's all that he asked for. And every one of the 12 could have just as easily lived in their comfortable life that they had. In their mediocre life that they had. Just being comfortable with their good jobs. Making just a living. But they came to the realization that Jesus, the mighty God in Christ, chose them to be more than what they were when they found them. Maybe someone in here says, I'm not qualified to ever be in a pulpit. I'm not qualified to ever lead a small group. I'm not qualified to win a lost soul. I just want you to realize it was said like this. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. Every one of you, every one of you in this room are called by Jesus and not just some random call. But there was one day when he saw you in your sin and he saw you down in the muck and in the mire that he reached and he said, it's okay, Dylan, come follow me. He didn't just call you just by some random meaning, but he called you by name. If you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the qualifications to change the world. I want everyone just to do this in their chest right now. I want to let you know, God, he called me. God, he called you to be in the kingdom for such a time as this. And he didn't call you just to sit in a seat and just fill a space in Frankfort, Indiana. He called you to preach the gospel to every creature. And he called you to make a difference. If I can get a little bit more monitor, that would be great. Thank you. Someone say, I'm made for more than mundane. Someone say, I'm made for more than mundane. You need to realize something. God has placed within you extra Ordinary giftings. God has placed within you 
extraordinary anointing. So you can do extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. Everyone in here has an extraordinary calling to do extraordinary things. If God could reach into the water where Simon was and say, please follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. If he can call somebody like that uh, to change this world upside down, I just want to come and ask you a question. Then what, why could he not choose you sitting in this building right now? Why could he not use you to preach the gospel? Why could he not use you to see an Azusa Street revival? Why could he not choose you to teach a Bible study? Why could he not choose you? I've come tonight. I'm going to make a transition in this message. But the Lord has given me insight on some things. And we need to be open for this word right now. Before I preach this part of this message, I'm going to ask you one more time. Join hands with somebody right now. And I want you to ask that God would open up their heart to receive this word that God has for them. I want you to do that right now. No anger, no bitterness, no hatred, no jealousy. This is not about anyone in this room in particular. But this is what thus saith the Lord. I want you to make yourself ready right now. I want you to make your heart ready. I want you to make your mind ready. When this word goes, I don't want you looking around and saying, oh, that's for so-and-so, that's for so-and-so. But it's for you tonight. I want you to ask that. God would open up your eyes to see yourself in this word. Let's do that together right now. God, Lord, let us see ourselves through this word that you have given. In the name of Jesus, I come against every humanistic mindset and spirit that would try to take this message and use it against your kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we bind it in Jesus' name. Loose our minds. Loose our ears to hear this. And loose our hearts to receive Receive this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I've come tonight to deal with some things that cannot be seen by the human eye. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, Brother Danny, but we wrestle against principalities and powers, and rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in high places. I want to give you this revelation. If you don't know this already, this is revelation right here. And this is not because of me. This is what God let me know. Every area of this world, every city, everything has a stronghold. That the enemy uses to hold that city captive. I don't know about that. That seems a little out there. No, sir. This is the word of God. There are things that we 
deal with that we cannot see with our own eyes. But if we would open our eyes unto the things unseen in the Holy Ghost, God would show us things that we've never seen before. In central Indiana, there is a stronghold that reigns over this region. This stronghold is known to be a dream killer. It hinders people from reaching their God-given potential. And it was sent here by the enemy to quench the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. It's getting quiet in here. It's all right. It was sent here by God. I'm sorry, let me rephrase. It was sent here by hell to hold each and every one of you in central Indiana bound. Wow. This is sent by hell. It has masked itself with the name of religious tradition. Mm -hmm. The devil hides himself as an angel of light. That's That's the word of God. And that means that he can hide himself in things that he calls religion. That's really not religion. I wish someone would help me preach on that right now. When we look at this stronghold, some call it religious tradition, but what the Lord said this week is the name of this stronghold is mediocrity and complacency. This stronghold in this area will come to get you because it realizes the authority that you hold through the Holy Ghost. God has sent you in a region. He has placed you in a region that you are in and the stronghold of the area has to show up because it loses territory when somebody gets on fire for the Lord. If it can just get a hold of you and hinder the authority that you have over it in the Holy Ghost, it no longer has to go anywhere. Mediocrity is the killer of revival. And mediocrity and complacency is not of God. It's not of God. You begin to see 
this stronghold uproot itself in the lives of Christians, you can recognize it when they show no sign of spirituality. But rather they just show up every Sunday and every Wednesday in their assigned seat. Go through the hand waves and hand claps of the mundane service. But on the inside it's screaming out, just entertain me. I just show up. Because y'all got to watch my kids and I get an hour and a half vacation. I know none of you do that. It is easy to see when this shows up in the lives of somebody. Because there is somebody always in every church that is being held by this that seems no matter how much of a move of the Holy Ghost we have, they're going to sit there and be unmoved by the Spirit. I told you it's going to get real tight in here. I know it's a Wednesday, but that's, that's what mediocrity does. But don't worry. They show up and they are a Christian inside of this building, and they're here every Sunday, and they don't miss a Sunday. But when they get outside of the church, nobody could even tell that they were an apostolic. They've never won a soul, never taught a Bible study. They never read their Bible. They never get on their knees and pray. Do you feel that in the atmosphere? What you're feeling right now is I'm challenging something in the Holy Ghost. This is the same thing that John wrote about. To the church of Laodicea in Revelation Chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. John says, I know thy works, that thou art not neither hot nor cold. So then because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and I am increased with goods. I have everything I need. I don't need anything else. I'm living my comfortable life. And thou knowest not. That thou art wretched, and you are miserable, and poor, and blind, and naked. 
a lukewarm Christian believes they got everything they need. Nine to five job, they make enough money, they got a nice car, they've got a nice house. What more do I need? And God is trying to say, you don't realize that you think you've got everything. But the truth of the matter is, is you're just as good as not even having clothes on your back. Church, if you'll get with me for the next just couple minutes, I'm going to get you out of here. But the Lord has sent me for this hour to begin to rip down strongholds that holds this region. The Lord has a word for somebody in here. You are made for more than mediocrity. You are made for more than mundane. God has a purpose on your life. I wish to God some Simon Peter in this room would wake up and realize you're made more than just for fishing. You're made more for just mediocrity, but you're made to make a difference. Lift your hands where you are right now. Receive this word in Jesus' name. Look at someone and tell them you're made for more. Be seated. The pursuit to pursue mediocrity is chasing after a man made. It may keep you happy for now. It may keep you warm overnight. It may keep you warm for a week. It may keep you warm for 20 years. But eventually, when that fire goes out, you're always going to be chasing something that you can't find. You see, how many of you in here, you can honestly say, I want to make a difference in this world. Anybody in here but me? I, I hope to God every hand goes up in this room right now. You see, man-made fire is not the kind of fire that's going to change this city, that's going to change this church, that's going to change this world. Man-made fire is not going to be able to do that. But hear me tonight. It is the fire of the Holy Ghost that breaks chains off of the addict, that can break the yoke of bondage off of somebody, that can set the captive free, and that can change the world. You can't find it in a man-made religion. You can't find it in modern-day Christianity. But you can find it in the apostolic church. We've got the real thing tonight. It's the will of God. There are some of you, the Lord said that there are certain in here who are sitting on the threshold of the next dimension. 
that they're sitting on the threshold of the next level. And the Lord, the Lord is trying to let somebody know that to be able to go to the next level, to be able to go to the next dimension in God where you can change this world and you can make a difference, the only way to get there is to not settle for anything less than God's best. Nothing, nothing, don't settle. Don't settle for a mediocre prayer life. Don't settle for a mediocre fasting life. Don't settle for a mediocre walk. Get everything that God has for you. Uh, Some of you have been here for just a couple years in this church. Some of you have been here for your whole life, like me and Brother Nate back there. We've been here since the beginning of our lives. But let me tell you what mediocrity will let you know. Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. Nothing in him is true. Not one ounce of the devil is true. There's not one thing that he can say that is the truth except the word of God. But I'll tell you what mediocrity does. For those of you who are chasing God. For those of you who are making a difference in this world. Because I don't believe. Brother Danny, I do not believe that everyone settles for mediocrity. I don't. I believe we are in a church full of men and women who are pursuing God with everything that they have. I believe it's you tonight. I believe it. I believe it for every one of you that you're hungry for the things of God and God's going to honor that. But the devil lies to people. And I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost right now in this room. I'm getting off my notes and that's all right. But let me tell you what the devil's saying to some of you. He's saying, you've been here your whole life. Where, where's your impact? Where, what have you done in this kingdom? You see, there's a revival. There, oh, help me, Jesus. There's a revival in Africa. There's a revival somewhere else, but I told you it can't happen here. And some of you believe the lie of the devil, and you go chasing a fire that's not even there. Help me, Jesus. God, help me deliver this tonight. And the enemy is trying to lie and say, if you ever want to do anything great for God, that you got to leave. Let me tell you something. If you are not a worshiper at CLC, you're not going to be a worshiper at another church. If you... If you've never taught a Bible study in CLC, you're not going to teach one anywhere else. You might as well make a difference where you are.
me and Brother Evan were having a talk, and let me just say this. This is nothing about him, but we were having a conversation about some things that we see happen in this world with young apostolic believers. Young apostolic believers. Have you ever noticed that there are some who go and they go chase big events? And they go chase big name preachers? And my God, they'll drive to Ohio to hear some big name preacher. Because they've got to get in where the fire is. Because the devil has lied to someone and said, you can't find it here. You've got to go somewhere else. I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus. I don't I, I can't speak for you, but as for me and my house, we're going to see a revival in the city of Frankfurt. No As long as there's breath in my lungs and God has me where I'm at, I'm going to make a difference. Another thing that I hear, I'm almost done. Is this all right? Is it okay if I just speak out of my heart tonight? I, I tried to bring notes with me tonight, and I spoke some stuff that God wanted me to say, but I feel ministering spirit tonight in this place. You see, I have enjoyed growing up in the home of the pastor of this church. This church is my family. You guys are everything that I have. We have given our lives for this place and for each and every one of you. And I wouldn't have it any other way. Any other way. I'm thankful for the life that I've had in this church. And the life that I will continue to have as long as God has me here. And I'm going to serve here as long as I can until an angel from the Lord shows up and says, you got to leave. I'm praying that doesn't happen. I like it here. But, you know, one thing that I've heard a lot, and Brother Danny, Sister Cheryl, Brother Brandon, I'm sure y'all have heard this as well. Um, you know what I was thinking? I was thinking that we, we need to pray more. We need to have a prayer meeting more. But let me tell you, brother, if you begin it, I'm there. If you lead it, I'm going to show up. I can't do it by myself in my house or in my closet where I can get a hold of God. But, brother, if you will lead this, I will be there. We are thankful that every time that we call any sort of event, that a majority of this church shows up to help. And I'm grateful for that. But y'all, you've got to realize something. Your walk with God, God has chosen you. And your walk with God cannot be based around anybody else. It can't be based around a prayer meeting at the church that pastor calls. It can't. You know, I would love to 
mercy if some of us would quit waiting until January to give up food for the kingdom of God. You should have a fasting life. I'm coming to a close. If the musicians would come tonight. It's in the last chapter of John. You can be seated for just a moment. I'm just going to go just a couple more. It's in the last chapter of John that Jesus has already ascended from the grave. He's already shown doubting Thomas the nail print in his hands. All of this has gone by. There was no doubt, no doubt, Brother Alex, that he had risen from the grave. Everyone, all of the 12 disciples knew. They saw him walk through a door, man enough to eat of the fish, God enough to walk through the door. No doubt, resurrected. And Jesus leaves his disciples. He says, I'm going to go for a short period of time. Before that I ascend into heaven, I'm going to go for 40 days. I'm going to go by myself. And Jesus began to do a ministry that we don't even read about. Nobody knows what he was doing at that time. How many of you think it would be pretty cool to have some kind of insight about what he was doing? I mean, I would, I want to know, but it wasn't recorded in the Word. <laughs> but we do read one thing. That it was somewhere in Jerusalem, somewhere, Simon Peter and the rest of the followers were Sitting down. Now, may I remind you that Simon Peter was the one that said, Jesus, I'll never deny you. And Jesus said, yes, you will. Three times you will deny me. And he did. So maybe it was out of guilt for what he had done. Maybe it was out of feeling lost because he thought Jesus was gone from him. Maybe it was out of one of those things. These famous words were recorded. And it was three words that could have altered the life of Simon Peter. Three words. I Go fishing. Jesus had called him, called Andrew out of the water to follow him. Jesus leaves for a short period of time, Sister Chelsea, and he says, I go fishing. I'm going to go do what I do the best and live mediocre. Jesus must not be anywhere around me because I have no direction. I'm going to go fishing. 
And the others said, we go with you. And they go down to the water. They get in their boat. It was the same place, by the way. I don't know if you actually knew this. It was the same place that Jesus had originally found them. The same sea, everything. And they get in the boat, and they go back to their mediocre life. I don't know what to do. I can't teach a Bible study. I'm going to go fishing. I, I'm not called to preach to anybody. I, I'm just going to remain fishing. I, I don't know how to pray like some of these elders. I don't know how to walk with God like they do. I'm just going to go fishing. get in the boat and I love this story and the Lord showed me something today and they saw a man at the shore that they did not recognize they saw a man watching them fish they were hadn't caught a thing that sound anything familiar with anybody here? They had wrestled all night trying to catch a fish. And the man shows up in the early morning. Have you caught anything? No. How about you cast your net onto the other side of the boat? they did it and they caught so many fish that they couldn't even get the net into the boat and one of the twelve answered surely it is the Christ what am I trying to say to you tonight what does this mean to us it means that because They went back to mediocre. Jesus had to go perform the same miracle that he did when they found him. They literally backtracked and went back to their old life. And Jesus says, who am I? That I'm on the edge of the water and the ones that followed me for three and a half years don't even recognize me. It can be three words out of your mouth that will send you back to mediocre. It is three words. That's all it takes. One mindset. One life from the devil that sends you back to who you were. I'm afraid tonight. God has brought some of you a mighty long way. But the reason that the Lord is having me speak this message is because there are certain people who have gone back to fishing. Yeah. Silver and gold have I none. Such I have given unto thee. Rise up and walk. Okay, I'm going to go back to fishing. 
Miracles, miracles, signs, wonders. Okay, I'm just going to go get my lunch. If you get nothing else from this message, I want you to get this. Refuse to settle for anything less than God's best. Stand with me. Stand with me. I can't promise tonight that I spoke to every life in this heart, in this house. But if there's anybody in this room that refuses to settle for mediocre, if there's anybody in this room that refuses to settle for mundane, Maybe there's somebody in this room that realizes from the word that maybe you have backtracked a little bit. You started back to going fishing. But tonight you stand in this room and you say, I want God's best for my life. I want to do the will of God in my life. You want to know how to get rid of of a stronghold of mediocrity refuse to settle God did not call you to mundane Christianity God did not call you to mundane worship God did not call you to mundane prayer God did not call you to mundane fasting God did not call you to mundane outreach but God has called you to do his will If I've spoken to your life tonight and you feel like joining me in the front, I'm going to open these altars right now. We've got to make a line in the sand tonight that says I'm not going to settle for anything less. I'm not going to settle for anything less.